This is Episode 1 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture. Welcome to Episode 1 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture. I'm Ken Hellenius, the Communications Specialist at the Center. In this inaugural episode, we'll sit down with the Center's Director, Professor of Law Carter Sneed, to learn a bit about his background and the mission of the Center for Ethics and Culture, both on the Notre Dame campus and in the wider public square. Let's head into the Maritime Library for this week's conversation. I'm sitting with Carter Sneed, the William P. and Hazel B. White Director of the Center for Ethics and Culture at the University of Notre Dame. Carter is a professor of law and concurrent professor of political science at the university. Welcome, Carter. It's good to join you. Tell me a bit about yourself. Uh, What did you do prior to moving to South Bend? Yeah. Before joining the faculty at Notre Dame in 2005, I was a general counsel to President Bush's Council on Bioethics, which was a White House advisory commission which gave advice to the White House and other aspects of the executive branch of government, different administrative agencies, advice about the ethical and public policy and legal dimensions of advances in biomedical science and biotechnology. It was chaired by Dr. Leon Cass, who is an eminent uh, physician, scientist, and uh, and, uh, practitioner of uh, not just medicine and science, but also an eminent scholar of the humanities as well, taught for many, many decades at the University of Chicago. Wonderful. And what brought you to Notre Dame? Well, I the things I liked most about what I was doing uh, at the President's Council on Bioethics, the writing and the reading and the being part of a scholarly community seemed like a natural transition to move into academia professionally. And uh, in fact, Marianne Glendon, who was a member of President Bush's Council on Bioethics, a uh, great mentor and friend of mine, uh, when I started thinking about you know, next steps for moving on from the White House Advisory Commission. She said, you know, you should really think about legal academia. And if you do, there's really only one place that you should go, and that's the University of Notre Dame. And she teaches at Harvard. She does. So, so it's quite an endorsement. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so as a professor now, what, what do you teach? I teach law and bioethics. is my primary area of teaching and research. So I teach a seminar on law and bioethics. I teach health law. Uh, which obviously touches and concerns many bioethical themes. I teach torts, which uh, may not may be counterintuitive, but in fact is essential to the regulation of medicine in the United States. The primary mechanism that we have in U.S. law for regulating the practice of medicine, aside from licensure and certification at the front end of the practitioner's career, is the malpractice, medical malpractice system. That's really how we regulate in real time uh, the, the practice of medicine in the U.S., I want to take a step back. What exactly is the Center for Ethics and Culture? <laughs> well, it's a great question. It's uh, The Center for Ethics and Culture is an interdisciplinary center here at the University of Notre Dame. And its purpose is to uh, share the richness of the Catholic moral and intellectual tradition uh, through teaching and research and student formation, as well as public engagement, uh, engagement in the public square, both domestically and internationally. Uh, Notre Dame, as you know, has a, a very significant footprint worldwide, not just in academia, but it, it, it is, is uh, involved in many different public questions and experts from Notre Dame are involved in many different public issues. Uh, and in the Center for Ethics and Culture, one of its, one of its primary uh, purposes is to bring Notre Dame's voice into the public square in these, on these difficult and contentious questions and 
the the area of focus that we that we bring the Notre Dame's voice to in this context primarily is bioethics uh, and issues involving a culture of life. How were you involved with the Center for Ethics and Culture prior to becoming the director? Yeah, so when I joined the faculty in the law school in 2005, I had already heard about the Center for Ethics and Culture, which was founded in 1999 by philosopher David Solomon. I'd heard that it was a very interesting uh, place for interdisciplinary study uh, and uh, engagement and dialogue and scholarly programming uh, involving the Catholic moral and intellectual tradition, but also really a whole wide array of, uh, of disciplines. Um, in particular, there was a longstanding focus on medical ethics. David Solomon was an applied ethicist here at Notre Dame for many, many years uh, and was an eminent um, scholar of medical ethics. And coming from the President's Council on Bioethics, that was a natural attraction to me to get involved with the with the uh, the center. In fact, when I I think I think it was the very first fall that I joined the uh, faculty of the law school that I delivered the Schmidt lecture, which was a, a lecture that the used to be sponsored by the Center for Ethics and Culture, uh, focusing on um, the interconnections between science, technology, medicine, and the humanities. So, what role does the center play on campus? So, yeah, the Center for Ethics and Culture uh, has multiple roles on campus. If you, in the most abstract sense, what we're trying to do is to help the university realize its distinctive Catholic intellectual mission in the, in the form that a, a university center uh, can do. So we have – we obviously sponsor a- academic programming. We, uh, we, we sponsor research. We have researchers, visiting fellows. We also spend a lot of time forming our extraordinary students at Notre Dame both undergraduates and graduate students. We have a program called the Soren Fellows Program, which we started a few years ago, which now has 150 students, mostly undergraduates, but also some graduate students. We provide them with mentoring. We give them, uh, we do programming, especially for them. They have special access to our, our visiting scholars and speakers, including not just eminent professors from around the world, but also Supreme Court justices, Academy Award-winning filmmakers, uh, and the like. We just want to give our Notre Dame students the best possible integrated experience they can have in terms of their intellectual life, their spiritual life, their cultural formation. Uh, and so we, we, this is a major piece of what we do on campus. You, one of the greatest sources of satisfaction to me is when I see a kid I don't even know, who I don't know wearing a Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture T-shirt. Um, it's it's a, a significant footprint in the student population. And, um, and one of the major elements of our student formation program is a robust summer internship program. These kids are high achieving. They're, they're ambitious. They're very good kids. And what we do is we use our vast network of connections uh, around the world in a whole variety of contexts in Congress and nonprofits and the Curia in Rome. I'm a member of the Pontifical Academy for Life. And so we work, we, we send summer interns, send our students all over the world during the summer. Uh, we pay for it. We help place them uh, and we supervise them uh, in, in a, a wide variety of summer experiences, which both gives them an enriching experience, of course, but also adds value to the work of these institutions uh, that we care about and possibly lays the groundwork for these kids, ultimately joining uh, as permanent members of these institutions and perhaps assuming leadership roles at some point in the future. That's awesome. 
So that's on campus. What uh, what does the center offer the world beyond the confines of Notre Dame? Yeah, so we have a, a relatively new uh, book series, actually several book series, which projects Notre Dame's uh, presence into elite academia. We have four book series, actually. We have a book series called Catholic Ideas for a Secular World, which aims to take not exclusively Catholic authors, but ideas that resonate with the church's teaching over millennia relating to the true and the good and the beautiful and the human dignity and the common good. Uh, we try to take eminent authors and and provide a, a platform where they can publish their scholarship and their writings. Uh, our first volume in the Catholic Ideas for a Secular World was actually not even uh, written by a Catholic, but rather by Gil Mylander, who is, to my mind, probably the most interesting Christian bioethicist in the world today. He was the student of the eminent Paul Ramsey at Princeton University. He served on the President's Council on Bioethics, and he's a permanent fellow. A fellowship is named for Paul Ramsey here at the Center for Ethics and Culture. And while he was here, he wrote a beautiful book, a theological, philosophical, literary reflection on adoption. Uh, and it's an extraordinary book. It's called um, Not by Nature but by Grace, uh, and it's a, a fantastic volume. You can order it from the Notre Dame Press website, uh, and it's it's made a big splash. Uh, we just published another volume by Father Julian Caron, leader of the worldwide Catholic lay renewal movement, Communion and Liberation. It's a collection of his essays. It's already getting a great deal of critical, positive critical attention. Um, and that is one way in which we project Notre Dame's presence outside of the university into elite academia in a genuinely countercultural way. We also um, uh, have uh, – and this is really something that uh, new with, with my assuming the leadership of the center in 2012 – a really robust public policy um, program. That is, we have a network of uh, public policy experts in a wide variety of areas. But again, the common thread is human dignity, especially as it relates to uh, bioethics. We, we have an amazing woman named Mary O'Callaghan who has uh, got her doctorate here at Notre Dame who focuses on uh, persons with disabilities and the unique vulnerability of persons with disabilities in a culture that is intolerant of imperfection. And so she runs a program and frequently testifies in state and federal uh, uh, venues, legislative venues, um, about uh, the, the the dangers of uh, sort of prenatal screening for children with disabilities so that those children would be eliminated by abortion. Uh, defending the disabled, uh, especially the cognitively disabled, is a main priority of the Center for Ethics and Culture. And Mary uh, O'Callaghan is an extraordinary contributor to that effort. Um, she has a child, a beautiful son, Tommy, who has Down syndrome. And uh, our love for Tommy and the great gift that he has gives us further uh, encouragement and motivation to to continue to try to educate people about how special these people are and how they are really a, a gift uh, to the world and to us. And we would lose something dramatic if we uh, continue down the pathway of eliminating these these beautiful people. Um, so that is one you know, feature of our, our work in the public policy square through the work of our fellows, Mary O'Callaghan being a great example of that. I obviously do a lot of work in the legislative context. I do congressional testimony. I author white papers and provide advice, both formal and informal, to different policymakers and elected officials around the world um, on matters that relate to bioethics and building up a culture of life. We have uh, formal programming uh, at the Center for Ethics and Culture um, most in, in this in this in this uh, vein as well, 
uh, most prominently, we run a program called the Vita Institute, which is a week-long intensive interdisciplinary training program for leaders of the pro-life movement worldwide. Uh, we've educated over 250 of, of leaders from around the world, people that are not just advocates, but also people who work in service, uh, who provide care to women facing crisis pregnancies, people who provide homes for women who are parenting their, their children in difficult situations, people trying to heal people who, uh, have, whose lives have been broken uh, uh, by the, the, the horrors of abortion. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's an extraordinary program. Uh, we had a large cohort of leaders this year from Africa and, and Europe, uh, Canada, Latin America. Uh, it's a great program where we focus on educating these amazing leaders in the, the subject matters that are relevant to promoting a culture of life, embryology, law, philosophy, social science, communications. And we do site visits to highly successful um, uh, programs here in South Bend, the Women's Care Center, which is an extraordinary um, crisis pregnancy center, as well as Hannah's House, which is a highly successful maternal group home. We do site visits and, and, and have for purposes of um, uh, forming our, our, our participants and best practices. We've now begun to export the Vita Institute at the invitation of um, various uh, Archbishops and cardinals. Uh, Archbishop Gomez invited us to Los Angeles to do a sort of a compressed version of the Vita Institute uh, uh, last summer. Uh, it was very successful. About 200 people from the Archdiocese of Los Angeles came. Uh, this January, we'll be going to New York at the invitation of Cardinal Dolan to do the same thing in New York. Uh, we're, we have scheduled, uh, we're scheduled to do a Vita Institute in, uh, in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston at the invitation of Cardinal DiNardo. Uh, we've received invitations from other members of the church, other organizations, uh, both here in the U.S. as well as abroad. What is it that makes the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture distinctive from ethics centers at other universities? Many Catholic universities have these, and, and many, you know, secular institutes do yeah. as well. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're we're very different. I mean, if you were to look at the Center for Ethics and Culture and compare it to other ethics centers, academic ethics centers you'd notice some dramatic differences. And I think they're interesting differences. That is, first of all, we are heavily interdisciplinary. We are not just an ethics center, but we focus on ethics and culture because we take our intellectual inspiration from our permanent senior fellow, Alistair McIntyre, who understands that ethical principles and ethical norms are best understood, really only most richly understood through traditions and practices. And so culture becomes an essential focus of what we do. And we believe that the humanities, literature, art, music, architecture, sculpture and the like, uh, capture and convey deep human truths that are relevant to what we're trying to explore and share. We are unapologetically Catholic. We believe uh, that at, at the world's most prominent Catholic university, it's important that we be faithful to our own tradition while we remain in conversation with other other traditions as well. So I think our emphasis on culture and traditions and practices uh, distinguish us from most other ethics centers, our interdisciplinarity. But also I would say the fact that we're at Notre Dame distinguishes us. Notre Dame is, in my judgment, a unique educational institution of higher learning. It is unapologetically Catholic. Uh, it is – and, it's, and it's, its intellectual atmosphere is deepened and made more robust – because of that, not in spite of it, some of the most interesting people in the in the in the world have come to Notre Dame to join the faculty here uh, because of its unique uh, mission, its unique Catholic mission. 
which stands alongside and, again, complements and is integrated with its deep commitment to being a world-class research university that provides unparalleled undergraduate education. And really what we do here at the Center for Ethics and Culture is try to help Notre Dame realize all of its goals, both for academic excellence, student formation, as well as deep, deep Catholic mission and witness. What we do at the Center for Ethics and Culture really is threefold. We do academic programming and research, which includes our publication series, our conferences, and so on. We do student formation, which I've already described, and we do public policy work. In all three of those contexts, we, we try to uh, bear witness to the inalienable dignity of every human life with a special emphasis on those who have special needs. Uh, so just a few recent examples. We uh, administer Notre Dame's Evangelium Vitae Medal Award. It's the most important uh, award uh, for heroism and lifetime achievement for, for pro-life uh, – for the pro-life context. Uh, this past year, we honored the Jerome Lejeune Foundation. And we chose the Jerome Lejeune Foundation because uh, their namesake, servant of God, Jerome Lejeune, who uh, – uh, co-discovered uh, the, the chromosomal abnormality that's associated with Down syndrome, dedicated his life to defending special needs children, not just to do research that might help alleviate their symptoms or possibly cure them, but also to advocate for them in a world and a culture that sees them as a burden and seeks to eliminate them. Uh, the Jerome Lejeune Foundation is both a research foundation and an advocacy organization worldwide, and it's just a beautiful witness uh, to, uh, uh, to, to the intrinsic dignity of special needs people. And so we honored them with this Lifetime Achievement Award. It was a wonderful event. 500 people came. Uh, mass was uh, – the Basilica at Notre Dame was filled. The, the bishop uh, presided over Mass. Uh, Father Bill Lees, who's a vice president for Mission Engagement and Church Relations, uh, presided over the dinner with us as well. Uh, it was a, It was – a moment where an institution that is rich and powerful, the University of Notre Dame, took an evening to honor those who fight for the weakest and most vulnerable special needs people among us. So not only were there former ambassadors to the Holy See and bishops and other powerful people at the event, uh, the reception itself included uh, the presence of many, many families with members and loved ones who have special needs. So that's one way that we seek to, uh, to, to, to advance a culture of life with respect to those who suffer from disabilities. Wonderful. Is there anything else that, uh, that you'd like to say about the work of the Center for Ethics and Culture? No, I just think that what we do at the center is a labor of love for the University of Notre Dame and as the University of Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a special... Uh, Obligation as a result of its extraordinary gifts and resources and the special place it occupies in the, in the imagination of the American public as well as people around the world, that we do stand to be and we do stand up as the most important Catholic university uh, that there is. And Father Jenkins has said many times, you know, if Yale closed tomorrow, uh, there would always be Harvard. Uh, but the University of Notre Dame is distinct and unique, and it has to flourish and it has to succeed. And what we do at the Center for Ethics and Culture is to try to be a primary engine of the university's mission, both academically, but also normatively for our students and our faculty and staff and leadership, as well as the many friends and alumni of the university around the world. Well, Carter Sneed, director of the Center for Ethics and Culture, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you to Carter Sneed, director of the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture. 
you can learn more about the center by visiting ethicscenter.nd.edu. You can subscribe to Ethics and Culture Cast, which is released every other Thursday during the academic year, by visiting ethicscenter.nd.edu slash podcast. Our theme music is I Dunno by Grapes, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We'll see you next time on Ethics and Culture Cast. Until then, make good decisions.